Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen. tonight, folks. Exclusive interview right here live with Rage Wrestling's very own, of course, not exclusive to Rage Wrestling. He has long been in the independent circuit, and I'll tell you, folks, he is a talented individual, the geek with the physique, wrestling's only math elite. Seymour Snot, an exclusive interview. Stevie, you have an opportunity tonight to interview him live. You excited? Oh, yeah, definitely excited. I think my daughter is more excited than I am. She wants to get on on the phone with him, but uh, we'll, we'll see about that. <laughs> that'd be, oh, that'll be a good time. I know she'll enjoy that. That'll be a fun thing. Well, you got it, folks. Seymour Snot going to be live uh, tonight uh, right here on Brawl for All with me and Stevie Fly. Stevie Fly, an exclusive interview with him tonight. Going to be live right here. You don't want to miss it. Of course, if you do miss it, uh, you can always listen uh, on demand on the podcast app on your iPhone, and also tune in radio and any other podcast outlet. So, all right, let's get right to it, Stevie. We had a lot at stake tonight. Again, Seymour's not coming up, but let's talk a little bit about Hell in the Cell, um, which is coming up. And I'll tell you, you know, how big is it that the women's division, who's really stepped up their game, might I add, in the last I mean, just this, this year has been a great year for the women's division in WWE. They've really had a resurgence. And so now you're going to see two women for the very first time, Sasha Banks and Charlotte, women's title on the line inside the Hell in a Cell. How big is that for wrestling? But not only wrestling, but for the women's um, division. It's huge for, for both. Uh, this, this actually goes back to the days of Lita, uh, Trish Stratus, China, I think. After this Hell in the Cell, it could go even could get even bigger than the women's division was back then. You got some some awesome talent, you know, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, Charlotte. Uh, the list goes on and on. Uh, Natalia, you've really got a lot of great uh, women wrestlers out there right now, and I 
just it's prime to be to be a big time for women's wrestling. I, just like we talked a few weeks ago, I, when was the last time you saw a women's championship match main event Raw? It hadn't happened before. Oh yeah, uh, it happened Absolutely. a few weeks ago with Charlotte and uh, Sasha. So that's that's big for the women's division right there. That that uh, Triple H and Vince and Stephanie would put the women in a main event on Raw. That that is huge what, for what they think of this women's division right now. Well, what I, and I'll tell you, you know, I think having a lot of people were thinking, hey, look. Let's let Charlotte do her thing when Ric Flair was her manager, per se. But I don't think that could have gone any better. To have one of the greatest in all time in wrestling uh, managing his daughter in that division. I mean, how big is it when you've got the nature boy, Ric Flair, managing uh, the, the, you know, an up-and-coming star in Charlotte who had been up-and-coming for some time? I mean, when you bring that kind of uh, clout, to the women's division, you already help. And I know it's kind of ironic that you bring in a man to boost up the women's division, but I'd say it worked personally. And, and you know, when she, when she went out the way she did and kind of kicked her dad out of the team, if you will, I feel like that actually was a good way for that to end. It showed that she was where she needed to be to carry it herself, and I think she's done a mighty fine job. And so, folks, Sasha Banks and Charlotte uh, coming up at Hell in a Cell, women in the cell for the very first time. But let's talk a little bit about other matches at Hell in a Cell. You know, you've got the U.S. Championship on the line, uh, Roman Reigns and Rusev. Uh, does Rusev regain the title, or does Reigns continue his reign? I think Reigns will, will end up retaining the title. I think they're setting up for, you know, a bigger a bigger uh, place for him to drop it, you know, bigger pay for you, whether it's Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, uh, Survivor Series. I don't think – I honestly think, in my opinion, there won't be any title changes in this pay-per-view. I hate to ruin it for some of the people that have the network or, or watch the pay-per-view. I really don't think there will yeah. be any title changes or any surprises here. I think it's just a setup for Survivor Series is what what I think. Well, I gotta agree with you. I think everything leads there, and 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 I agree. I just, I just don't see the need for putting the title back on Rusev uh, at this point. Doesn't really make much sense to me. So you got another big match that has been announced is inside uh, the cell, and that is a Universal Title match. Uh, Seth Rollins uh, challenging for the championship against Kevin Owens, and so you got to kind of think. Um, you know, does, does does KO keep the title? What happens here? I think he keeps the title. I think this is really setting up for uh, uh, Rollins will eventually get the belt back. But I think they're kind of teasing a little bit to see crowd reaction on on a breakup between Jericho and Owens. And I think somehow, and maybe not intentionally, but Jericho will cost Owens the belt. Whether I don't think it will be a hell in a cell. Maybe if they wrestle at Survivor Series or at a Raw or whatever. Uh, I think he's going to cost him the belt, and they're just going to lead to a breakup, and that's going to be one of your one of your matches at a future pay per view is Owens versus Jericho. Well, and that would be a big one, I think, for WrestleMania, a mid card match like that. Uh, really, mid card, but uh, it certainly would meet that criteria at WrestleMania. Don't know if they'll wait that long to have that happen, but it has been announced that tonight on Monday Night Raw there will be a triple threat match, main event. Uh, featuring Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, and Chris Jericho. Do you think that we start as early as tonight to see some tension between the two? Well, 
Well, you've already seen a little bit of tension starting last week when uh, right. uh, Owens came out after Jericho told him not to. Well, Jericho came out when Owens told him not to, or vice versa. Uh, Owens came out when Jericho told him not to. And whether it cost him the match or not, I don't know. But, you know, I, you're already seeing that tension arise. And, and you could tell it was kind of a setup when they started talking about they were best friends and all this. You could tell it was kind of leading to that. And I, unless, you know, somebody, they're wasting their our time or just trying to pull the rug out over us, I, from under, we, uh, I think it's definitely leading up to a Jericho Owens feud. Well, I, and I'll tell you, I, I've always been a big fan of the Hell in a Cell, and I want to talk a little bit about that. You know, Hell in a Cell in WWE was began in 1997. That's about the time that I got as, as serious as I was in the pro wrestling. Of course, the first match, Hell in a Cell, featured, if you remember correctly, I'm sure you do, you're the expert here, oh, yeah. The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. Um, first ever Hell in a Cell match, and of course, uh, that was the night that we saw the, for the very first time uh, Kane. Um, and, of course, right. Shawn Michaels ended up winning that match. But i got to ask you, do you have a favorite Hell in a Cell match of all time? You know, everybody goes back to it. I, I, myself, you know, I like, I like the first one. But, you know, yeah. that iconic picture of – from the inside the cage when Michaels and Undertaker were on the cage on top of the cage and you see the blood drip on on the uh, on the camera and you're like, Wow, that really just happened there. They're bleeding, <laughs> Kinda got real. bleeding yeah. down there. But you know, the most famous Hell in Cell match in everybody's mind is uh Mick Foley and Undertaker when Foley not only yeah. took a took a ride off the side of the cage into the announcer table but went through the trap door at the top of the cage and ended up with his tooth in his nose. So, you oh. know, that kind of – and I'm I'm pretty sure that kind of made Foley well, – yeah, it did. It made Foley's career take off. Uh, he yep. – after that, you know, Mankind, everybody loved Mick Foley. At that time, Mick Foley was – or Mankind was uh, what you would call a heel. And it really, yep. really uh, launched him into a babyface role. And the rest, you know, as they say, is history. You know, he 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 owes the Helen Cell the popularity he has. He owes that to Helen Cell. You better believe it. It was June 1998, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the igloo, uh, where he was thrown off the top of the cage. I'll never forget it. it, it that is that has long been a uh, because you know at the time we had never seen anything like that. And uh, you know when right. Shane jumped off the top of the, the cell. At WrestleMania this past year. I mean, don't get me wrong; it was iconic, and don't get me wrong; it was exciting and thrilling, particularly for the people in attendance who get to see it live. I mean, the crowd was hot, no doubt. But when they threw Mankind uh, off the top of the cage, you know, there had to be some serious concern that that, that something was wrong. <laughs> and then for him to get off the stretcher and to come back down to the ring and take a beating that was probably uh, unparalleled to the first thing that happened. It's just a memory that in wrestling will live forever. And um, and you're right. Yeah. I think that is exactly what defined his career. Well, you you look at it and you look at Helen Sales since then. Uh, it's kind of like well, you know, the first match, Michaels didn't go off the top of the cage. He fell off the side of the cage. And it's like everybody's tried to top it since. And Foley 
I don't know how you would you would top being thrown off the top of the cage and not having a clue where you're going to land or how you're going to land. You know, just one thing to yep. dive off of, but to be thrown off of. You know, Undertaker had to be thinking, you know, all right, if if I mess up just a little bit here, this could end this guy's career or even worse, kill him. Uh, yeah. So, yep. You know, Foley, you got to give Foley credit for putting his body through what he did in his career, but that. That thing, the more you look at it and watch when he goes off the top of that cage, it's just amazing that, you know, that's no fear there. That's just borderline crazy in my opinion. But, you know, he he did what he had to do. He put his body on line. And, he, you know, whether it was worth it today, we, you know, you don't know what Foley's ailments are now. But like we said, yeah. that's what he owes his popularity to. You better believe it. Uh, he was obviously a big deal uh, before then uh, in a lot of capacity. Like you said, he was a heel, an established one in uh, in the WWF at the time. But there's no doubt that even in that match, if you remember, that was not the main event uh, of the night. It was, however, the next to last match. Um, I don't know who booked it that way, but you got if you're Stone Cold and Kane, who fought in the yeah. main event in a first blood match. You've got to think, my gosh, I mean, what? How do I follow that? <laughs> How do I follow that? Because there is not a yeah. thing I will do. Um, not a thing that's scripted. Not, I mean, nothing planned that is going to be better than that. And you think that had to be a tough situation, I'm sure. But you know, there's obviously been other wrestling, I mean, not wrestling, hell in the cell matches uh, before uh, and, and since then. But I don't know that any have really lived up to, to what we saw in the first two. Would you agree? Disagree? No, I, I, I agree. I mean, it, it sticks out of your mind. Uh, you know, I think the only other one that that pops in my head recently that you know was Shane uh, doing his dive. But then you think about yeah. the the Ambrose and Rollins one where Bray Wyatt came in and interfered and cost cost uh, the Ambrose a match. So other yeah. than that, I mean. As far as something standing out, like the first two, no, I don't think anything really stands up to it. Yeah, me neither. I don't think we're ever, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's fun to see the structure because at this point it's kind of a staple in our minds. But in reality, it's it's not, it's only so much that you can do where people are safe uh, with it. And um, they've kind of pushed that point. I mean, Shane falling off the cell was a complete replica of uh, of what, uh, maybe not in the same exact way, but it was a complete replica of what we saw in Mick Foley. And, uh, you know, while it was exciting and thrilling, like I said, it was exciting for me watching at home, you just got to think that uh, that's kind of what you do with it. <laughs> you know, you throw people off the top, and uh, yeah. whoever's crazy enough to go is probably going to be in the match. So, <laughs> well, um, but, you, you know, when you got to the, the yeah. The purpose of the top at first was to keep people out, but that went went by the wayside yep. very early in the Michael's Undertaker match. They climbed <laughs> on top, and uh, you know I don't think I think the Foley Foley and Undertaker match that that stayed outside the cage more than it did inside. Uh, on top, yeah. On the, on the outside, I think it stayed outside the actual Hell in a Cell more than it did inside. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree, and, uh, but you know I'll never forget it. I'll never forget that match. And I was about the time where the WWF at the time really started to come back. Uh, if you if you look at 
the Monday Night Wars. It was somewhere after Goldberg won the title, won the world title, July 6, 1998, in Atlanta. Sometime after that is where it just started uh, to move in WWE's direction. And if you notice, it was just days before that when they threw Mick Foley off the top of Hell in a Cell. And you got to wonder if I think moments like that have an effect. Definitely. I mean, you, you, the Stone Cold uh, popularity, uh, the, the, his character really catching fire, uh, Mick Foley with that. And you know, as far as WCW goes, the – the, the much talked about finger poke of doom. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about or not. Uh, after oh yes, Goldberg. After Goldberg wins the belt and and loses it to Nash, this big build up NWO Wolfpack versus NWO Black and White yep. Hogan versus Nash and Hogan puts his finger out, pokes Nash and gets the pin off of uh, off a of finger poke. That really. Was how did the TV show say jump the shark? Yeah, that's yep. when WCW jumped the shark. Uh, that that night, just <laughs> you know, you had this incredible build up for it, and then to do that, you know, you want the shock value, but that can also backfire on you when people say, you know, that was just a waste of my time to sit here for three yep. hours and wait for that match and then have it in like that. So. You know, you that, that that's right. when WCW, WCW really started going backwards after that. They really did. And talking about Goldberg, I, it, mm-hmm. did you have you had a chance to watch uh, last oh, week? Oh yeah, I saw. Uh, you know, I don't know that I will ever forget that. Um, it was to hear that music come on, to see him walk through the back. I mean, just the whole thing replicated once more. To see that happen, to me, as a guy particularly who, who grew up, and, and at that time, you know, Goldberg was up and coming. I remember he won, I don't know how many matches in a row. And I remember all of that. And then to get to see that last week with my grown self sitting on the couch, um, it was just unbelievable. I mean, it was an unbelievable experience. Uh, almost, I'm not going to admit it did move me to tears, but it almost did because you get to see that type of thing. <laughs> And when he picked up the kids, you know, you don't see that in wrestling anymore. It's all too big of no, a show now no. to see that type of thing. When he picked up the kids and put them on his shoulder and high-fived everybody, you hardly see any of that anymore. It was just like the old school is back and it's okay for one night, and I really enjoyed that. Well, I, and I honestly think if you look at the emotion he showed when he got in the ring, I don't think oh, he yeah. expected the kind of crowd reaction that he got. Um yeah, absolutely. You know, it was not. one of those great moments, you know, and, and I know WWE was kind of watching to see what kind of reaction he got, and maybe, maybe with that kind of reaction, this will lead to you know more than just a short short term deal for Goldberg. We'll just have to wait yep. and see how how it goes as far as the match goes. Hopefully, it'll be a better one than the last time, and maybe we'll see Goldberg oh, yeah. around for a while. Well, I definitely think they're going to try to salvage that match and pretend it never happened after this one occurs. I will ask you this. Um, his last statement before he left the ring and had the big, mm-hmm. uh, the big exit was, you're next, and essentially he also said, and you're last. Is this really, do you think this is the last match we see from Goldberg? After last week, what you no, I, I don't think it's going to be the last one. I, I, I mean, just... 
just going by the reaction, I think WCW on WCW WWE is not foolish enough to to say you know okay after that we're just going to let him have one match. I, I think it's going to be in Goldberg's court. The ball's going to be in his court to see whether that will be the last match for Goldberg or not. Um, and with that kind of reaction, and if, if, he, if he really wants to wrestle more than that Lesnar match, I think he's, yeah. he'll be able to do it. I think WWE would definitely want him to do it. Well, I think you're right about what you said. Uh, last week, if that wasn't a testament that people know who Goldberg is, they respect Goldberg and they're ready to see more Goldberg. I, I don't know what is. I think that was a sure sign. Oh, folks, definitely. So I you'll say, so yeah. Even even I, I mean, I was surprised that the crowd got into it as much as they did. I, I figured it would be a good, you know, just for the retro thing. I, but I did not expect the crowd to be as up for it as they were. Right, right. Well, I will tell you that tonight uh, there's certainly a treat on uh, Monday Night Raw live from his hometown of Minneapolis, Minnesota. We're going to see the Beast Incarnate, Brock Lesnar, on uh, to obviously respond. And uh, first and foremost, let me ask you this. We see Brock Lesnar tonight. Do we see Goldberg as well? I don't think so. I don't think he'll be there tonight. I think they're, you know, you got another – what, another Monday Night Raw before Hell in the Cell? Uh, and yep. maybe even we'll see Goldberg show up at Hell in the Cell. But, I, you know, as far as wrestling, no. Uh, as far as a confrontation, then, yeah, I can see it happening probably on Hell in the Cell to set up the Survivor Series. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, I, I think that we're going to see – yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, I just think – I think they're going to set it up to, to where, you know, does Goldberg show up? No, and, and Goldberg's not there, but you know, I think it's kind of like uh, they want it on a bigger stage than Raw, and, and they're going to set up a conversation to, and it's, it'll probably be a physical conversation, and they'll they'll end up setting it up for Survivor Series. Well, and that uh, obviously is a big one coming up uh, in in Survivor Series. Do you think that is where I'm assuming that's. That, I would assume, and certainly I'm going to ask you, defer to you because you're the expert, do, is Lesnar and Goldberg happening that soon? Yes. Definitely. I think yeah. that's a done deal for Survivor Series. Uh, I think it's, uh, you know, they really don't know, like we said, how long Goldberg will be around. So they want to go ahead and get it out, and that's the biggest pay-per-view uh, in a short short period of time. They want to go ahead and get get it done, and then if they have – if Goldberg wants to hang around, and you know, there's a lot of guys that Goldberg can wrestle. You know, yeah. Um, I think he'll be around for a while, but I think they want to go ahead and make sure that they get this Goldberg Lesnar match done quick, and just in case Goldberg says, "Well, I want to do one, I'll do a one, one-time deal," and that's it. Right, right. Well, I think you're right about everything you've said, uh, particularly. The fact that Goldberg is not done after Survivor Series, I'm fully expecting to see him at WrestleMania in some capacity. WrestleMania 33 from Orlando. Just so everyone knows, um, just checked uh, right then and confirmed. Uh, this Sunday night uh, is Hell in a Cell. This Sunday night, October 30th. Oh, this Sunday and, uh, night. Okay, can, my bad. Yeah. I think so. Oh, no, you're yeah, fine. They'll yeah, they'll set that up check. this Sunday night. Yeah, I wanted to but make sure our listeners, and I do expect to around. see everybody there. 
another rumor going around that I that's kind of got me intrigued is for Royal Rumble. Yeah, Royal Rumble's coming from San Antonio this year. Everybody knows mm-hmm. that's the hometown of the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, and AJ yep. Styles is kind of calling him out, trying to call him out of retirement for this match, which would be. Uh, I mean, that would be a dream match in this world right there with AJ Styles and Shawn Michaels. Will Michaels come out? He said that his last match was with Undertaker. That was a retirement match, and he's going to go by that rule that that was a retirement match. But, you know, it's kind of interesting. I don't I don't know if Michaels can, can resist it being in his hometown, yeah. being a, a match against somebody like AJ Styles, and see if he's still got it. So we'll have to wait and see if that comes. And AJ Styles is really, really trying to build this up to get Michael to come out. So we'll see in, in the coming weeks on SmackDown. I know Styles has, you know, got his thing going with with uh, Ambrose right now. So we'll see how, how this sets up. But keep your eyes and ears open on that. I, I guess it all depends on Michael's now. Well, and it is very, uh, it is very well known. Um, amongst all those inside the wrestling circle, that uh, Michaels is very active right now with the WWE, is very involved uh, with NXT. Of course, his good buddy's creation, Triple H, um, certainly would involve the best, and he certainly got that in in Shawn Michaels. And uh, with Shawn Michaels under contract with WWE in fairly large capacity, it certainly makes you wonder if there's some truth to that rumor. I'm with you. I I think it's very possible that we see that, and I will tell you, that a lot of people are like, no, he needs to stay out. He needs to look. Let me tell you, and you probably agree, Steve. Wrestling fans, look. We, unless you're a hardcore wrestling fan, all you want to do is see these guys one more time if they're in their prime. That's right. I mean, you're not you're not the kind of guy. It's like people who watch Star Wars and say, oh, they shouldn't have done it again. Why not? We like it. I mean, we like it. Bring it back. Exactly. I mean, it makes it makes no sense to keep something. It's like Barry Sanders. Look, Barry, you were great, but you probably could have played a little longer. But you know what? He went out and, and it is what it is, you know? Yeah, yeah. and at the end of the yeah, day, definitely. that's kind of how I see it. Shawn Michaels certainly had a long career, but there's no doubt that if he's got it in him to come back, Michaels, HBK to Heartbreak Kid, you need to come back. Well, there, yeah, I mean, okay. every public appearance he's made with WWE, there, there's not a time that I've seen that the crowd hadn't started chanting one more match. So, uh, the right. crowd would definitely be into it for sure. Uh, so that's that's something that, that came out earlier this week, and when I saw it, I said, you know what, if that would happen, and I was figuring as big as that would be WrestleMania, but, you know, being it's in San Antonio, that that would be a, a really good spot, and I think, you know, that would blow the roof off, off of the Alamo Dome. Oh, you better believe it. And to have it in such a big place, um, you've got to think oh, yeah. they got some big plans. Uh, they got some big plans. I mean, and you, need to maybe if you never know. You never know if that goes well. You could set up a WrestleMania match, too. Can you imagine? Let's just think about this for just a second. 2016, can you imagine having a WrestleMania that features a card that includes Goldberg, Brock Lesnar, Shawn Michaels, AJ Styles, who you know he was on he was WrestleMania last year, but still, I mean, it's, it's still surreal seeing him in the WWE, and That's then right. possibly even a Sting, possibly, 
and Undertaker. Possibly. I mean, you hate it for the mid-card guys because they'd probably get left out. But good gracious, one last show for the old-school wrestling fans. You got to think that has to be exciting. I, I mean, it's, I don't know if a WrestleMania would top it. It's, it's been some good WrestleManias. You know, everybody talks about yeah. three. That was really the one that, that set the standard. But, you know, the, yeah. that right there, just just for the old-school wrestling fan, that would be probably one of the best if that if that card was to come out like that. And I don't think that we'll see that. <laughs> but I would uh, like no, to. Let's know, just put it that way. You know, you you can always you can always wish and hold out hope that that something like that will happen. But what a lot of talk too. Another name has come up here recently, and I, I I'm not holding my breath on this one. But this this is kind of drew a little bit of fire under it. Uh, a lot of talk about Kurt Angle again, and being yeah, his yeah. relationship with Triple H. I'm not so sure about that, and being you know what Angle's <laughs> yeah. been through in the last couple of years, I, I'm not too sure about that. I, I've heard it. Um, that that was a t- started talk a few months ago, and and got shot down really quick. And but now it's starting to talk again. Whether it's whether it's Angle putting it out or whoever, but um, there's a lot of talk about maybe seeing Kurt Angle in WWE again. So. You put angle in on that car too. That that would be something too. That's that's another another one for the old school wrestling fans. Folks, if you see WrestleMania 33 next year, like we just said it, remember you heard it first right here. On <laughs> you Brawl heard Brawl. it here first on Brawl for All. Exactly. You heard Give it here first. Credit. We're predicting. Vince is listening right it. now, and he's he's taking notes. <laughs> You know, I honestly, I think I'm going to call him. I think I'm going to call him just as soon as you get on the interview with uh, with Seymour. I'm going to give him a call. And I'm going to say, hey, you're hearing, the, you're hearing the fans. We speak for the people. Bring it to WrestleMania. Look, we're minutes away, folks, from uh, Rage Wrestlings uh, and one of the star-studded uh, independent uh, wrestlers, uh, Seymour Snot, uh, joining us. He'll be, he'll be live with us here in just a moment. The Geek with the Physique. Uh, wrestling's only mathlete, and of course, one and zero in rage wrestling. Uh, and I think we're going to see big things out of him. He's coming up here uh, in just a bit, um, shortly with us. Of course, we want to remind everybody that rage wrestling is back November the twelfth, barring no hurricanes. Uh, though, if we I have, yeah, though if we have another hurricane, uh, we'll be ready. Uh, Stevie has agreed um, that he is going to. Uh, broadcast the whole thing live with his studio equipment um and uh, we'll bring it to your home <laughs> television sets yeah no uh rage wrestling back november the 12th and it's going to be a good show speak of the devil we have live on on this show right now exclusive interview with the geek with the physique joining us now seymour snot how are you doing mr seymour pretty good it's a monday and i can't complain <laughs> the man, the That's myth, great. the legend right here. Folks, we are we are joined by Seymour Snot. He's going to be exclusively interviewed by our expert analyst, Stevie Fly of Rage Wrestling. Of course, Seymour Snot joining us right now. If you're coming to us live right now, we have an exclusive interview tonight uh, with a man that has been in wrestling for some time and has certainly had a lot of accomplishments. And, uh, Seymour, we're very glad to have you here tonight. So i got to ask you this, and then I'll let Stevie kind of do the rest of the interview, but i got to ask. 
you know, you were part of Rage Wrestling's first ever event, and Rage Wrestling certainly has a future in store for it. And I got to ask, how was the experience for you? Did you like the crowd? Tell us a little bit about your first experience with Rage Wrestling back in August. Oh, it was a good, uh, it was a good experience. I had a fun time. You know, it's good to see some of the uh, guys that I uh, when I first started in North Carolina here. So you know, like uh, Gluteus and Caesar, and uh, you know, quite a few of them, and then. You know, of course, you have the future with, like, Timmy Luretton. So uh, it was a good mix of uh, older and newer guys, you know, and uh, it certainly uh, has a place, you know, in uh, in wrestling. Okay. Look, let, let's start, talk a little bit about how you got started, your background. Just give us a rundown of how Seymour Snot got started in wrestling. Well, um Basically, what happened was uh, I was in the Air Force, and uh, this was probably the 90s, and um, I I knew I didn't re- I wasn't going to be a lifer or anything. I wasn't going to be in the military that long, and um, right. I really wanted to do something else. So, um, you know, this, of course, was before the Internet got hot. So I basically looked around for wrestling schools, and I found one in uh, Northern California, and you know, I wasn't a big guy or anything at the time. You know, I was probably about 140 pounds. And uh, I found a wrestling school in the Bay Area, and they had a few they had a few guys that were, uh, you know, cruiserweights or junior heavyweights or whatever. And um, they had one guy they were proud of, and, of course, he would become Spike Dudley. And then uh, another guy oh, yeah. they had um, that just signed with WWE at the time was, uh, was Crash Holly. So... I was like, well, if I'm going to learn how to do this, I might go to, a, I, I might as well go to a place that can train smaller guys, and that was my goal. So um, I went out to Northern California, and uh, it was about '98 or so, and um, it was actually the same time that um, Crash Holly and Vic Grimes were going to go start for Memphis. They were already in WWE, so uh, I started then, and. You know, about a year or so later, I had my first match, and that was in October of 99. So uh, when I first started, you know, it was basically, you know, I wrestled a lot of guys on the West Coast, you know, that were just starting out too. And that were guys, you know, those were guys like um, Samoa Joe and Frankie Kazarian and, and, of course, a very young John Cena. So I had a good experience, you know, and it was, it was fun to start with guys like that because you can always – look back and tell people it's like well I wrestled you know so many different world champions before they were world champions so but um yeah they they kind of saw us as a gimmick you know they they had an idea they wanted us to be kind of like um you know a less intimidating version of the Dudley boys so that was kind of the beginning that's what became the snot brothers right right that was the snot brothers there was there was uh George C Seymour and Big Peter (laughs) <laughs> that's that's great. So who are who are some of your influences? I mean, I, were you a have you been a lifelong wrestling fan, or is this something that you just picked up later in life that you really started paying attention to? No, I, I probably started watching wrestling when I was about ten or eleven. And I was always into the guys. I was never into the bigger guys. I was always into the smaller guys, like the guys like the Bret Hart's or the Ricky Steamboats, and um, those were kind of the guys like I always liked watching. You know, when I watched wrestling and. You know, as I got older, you know, I started tape trading and stuff like that. You know, got right. to see more and more, you know, wrestling. Because I grew up in the Northeast, and all we had was WWF. And, 
you know, and then when you get cable, you know, we had WWF, NWA, AWA, and later on, you know, I'm watching stuff from, you know, ECW, Mexico, Japan. So I, I think before YouTube, it was kind of an interesting uh, way to grow up. Yeah, definitely, definitely. There was not all this wrestling. I can remember, uh, you know, I'm, I'm from North Carolina originally, been here all my life, and the only thing I really got to see was, was NWA, uh, 12.30 during the day and then 11.30 at night. So uh, every once in a while on my antenna, I could pick up WWF superstars. But, uh, yeah, it, it's, I'm more of a – I'm more of an NWA guy, and I like the, the smaller guys. I was a big fan of, like, the Rock and Rollers from Midnight Express, those guys. I mean, I like the Road Warriors, but I like I like to see some wrestling, and I, and those guys were, were definitely all about it. Uh, what brought you to North Carolina? I know you wrestle. Your, your main home, it looks like, is, is Gals Wrestling. Uh, what brought mm-hmm. you to North Carolina? You said you're a West Coast guy, but what brought you down here to North Carolina? Uh, I actually have family down here, so I wanted to be a little bit closer. You know, it's kind of hard to do when you're 3,000 miles away from home. So I uh, I was out there for about three years, and then I packed up and moved here to uh, North Carolina. And then I got started with uh, Southern Championship Wrestling and then went on to, like, a few other places, and I just kind of stuck with it. And then um, when Gouge started in 2000, what happened was uh, – uh, SCW kind of closed up in 2004 and then uh, they decided uh, we were going to do, you know, they were going to reopen but this time we went as Gouge and that was in 2006. So it was to be a little bit more of a um, you know, it originally started as more of like a bar show kind of thing and then it evolved into more of, it's more of a family entertainment um, right. company now because we do so many you know, there's so many kids now that come out I think it's a, it's an easier crowd to have fun with, you know, and I think it was, it it's kind of, I think what the, uh, the, uh, rage crowd reminded me of, you know, there were a lot of kids out there. So it's, it's a lot of fun yeah. performing for in front of children. So you definitely, from the, from the time my, my daughter heard your name, Seymour Snot, and she was a fan without even seeing what you looked like, but. Once we saw her, like, and I, I don't know if you remember that night, she came dressed with the horn rim glasses and the shirt and everything. So you definitely made a big fan out of her, and I, I think you had one of the biggest crowd reactions. Of the, you and Dirty Money probably had the biggest crowd reactions of the night <laughs> at the Rage event. So, uh, yeah, you definitely had had the kids cheering for you, uh, and she's asked me continuously, when's Seymour going to be back for another Rage event? So we'll be, we'll be watching for you then. Uh, tell me something. I'm, I'm looking at some of these matches you had, you had. This last match you had in Gouge, a four corners trick or treat match that you you uh, beat Jacob Hammermeyer in. Or what what is uh-huh. a four corners trick or treat match? Well, basically in all four corners there were, uh, you know, there were quite a few uh, international objects as treated as uh, <laughs> tricks. So of course you know one had. Um, one bag had candy, and of course, when Jakob Hammermeyer opened one bag, he got a rock. So just like Charlie Brown, and <laughs> Charlie unfortunately, Brown. the rock was the rock was used on me, and you know he knocked me down with it. And uh, you know there was, of course, you know the dreaded candy corn got spread onto the mat. You know, much like thumbtacks would be thumbtacks. spread. So it was <laughs> so it was it was definitely a a Halloween themed match. I'll say that. 
Definitely. I, I saw, I was looking up some stuff on you, and I, I saw the, the full corners trick-or-treat match, and I also saw some pictures of you carrying a, it looked like a, a wagon to the ring that night. Was that, was that for the same match? Um, no, actually, I do that now. Um, when I, uh, I bring out the, uh, and it's kind of a tribute, um, it's the uh, Spaceman Frank Hickey Scientific Wrestling Trophy. And uh, it's kind of like a, uh, it's kind of like a, oh, I don't know if you want to say it's like uh, to the most scientifically gifted wrestler in, in, in gouge or wherever. And it's a lot like if um, you've ever seen the videos of uh, the uh, Iron Metal uh, Championship that's been changing hands quite a bit by Joey Ryan and um, Tommy Dreamer and Rhino oh, yeah. and right. So so it's a little bit more, it's kind of like the old WWF uh, 24-7 hardcore championship. So <laughs> it's a little bit more on okay. the entertainment side of the, the wrestling business. Well, uh, I hadn't had a chance to ask anybody that we've interviewed so far by this, but I did see uh, Charles Jones, also known as the Great Caesar. You actually, you wrestled him. Yeah, you beat him for the incident in the North Carolina title. What was it like to wrestle a guy like Caesar? Oh, it was interesting. You know, I think he was my, uh, I would say, one of my early opponents when I first moved here to North Carolina. And um, we had a few matches. We had, I believe we wrestled one time in uh, Roanoke Rapids when uh, it was Danger Zone Wrestling. So, um, you know, he was he had gluteus in his corner. And of course I've had my, my uh, run-ins with gluteus over the past two years. So I'm sure he's learned something from Caesar. So a lot of fun working with uh, the great Caesar. I'll say that. Yeah. It's definitely something I haven't had a chance to ask anybody about that. And I, when I was looking over your matches, I saw that and I had to ask you about that. Okay. So right now, uh, I'm not, uh, gouged. Where are they coming around this area? Mostly in the Raleigh area? Yes, uh, we're mostly in Raleigh. Uh, We'll be in Charlotte on uh, November 5th, but it's going to be a brewery show. So um, we do uh, do quite a bit of brewery shows, but they're mostly... uh, I've noticed that. They're they're like a a family-oriented event, though, because, I mean, there's a lot of kids that come out there, so... But... um, yeah, it's mostly Raleigh and Fuquay Arena and we've been to Durham, so it's kind of that's kind of our home base is the Raleigh area. So who who is the champion at Gouge right now? Uh that's Timmy Lou Retton. Timmy Lou Retton. Timmy Lou was also on the, the first rage show. Uh very impressed with you know, the first time, you know, I've been a wrestling fan since I was eleven or twelve and uh he came out before the match and, and did a did a backflip off the top rope right there in front of me and that was uh pretty much one of the one of the most awe inspiring moments I've ever had in my life right there as far as wrestling goes. But uh to see it up close like that, that that was something. Okay, uh I ask all the guys we, we interview this, if you could pick anybody that you've watched over the years, or anybody now, to have a match with or to work a program with. Anybody in the wrestling, or, you know, in, in wrestling industry, who would you pick? Uh, I would probably want to wrestle Kevin Sullivan. 
Kevin Sullivan. Wow, I did not yeah. see that coming. What what would make you want to wrestle wrestle Sullivan? Oh, <clears throat> excuse me. Just uh, just because he was a uh, really good heel, you know, and um, as Definitely. a baby face, you know, it's one of those things. I think it would be a great good versus evil match, you know, and. Um, I think we could definitely have uh, some wild times with it. So I would go with Kevin Sullivan. Okay. And the next thing would be, who would be your dream tag team partner? My dream tag team partner. Um, Let's see. (laughs) Well, we go with someone like Andre the Giant or someone, because I I know they (laughs) can come in and just take care of business. (laughs) Okay, I, you know, uh, the other thing that 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 we try to embrace is a family organization, and and that's pretty much what you do with Gal. So I think you fit in really well. I'm looking forward to seeing you again with uh, with Rage, and hopefully that'll be sometime soon if we can set that up. Uh, have you got any upcoming appearances that you want to talk about? Uh, actually, I've got November 5th in uh, Charlotte for Gouge. Um, I'll be in, uh, let's see, November, where else? Uh, December 18th, I'll be in Moxville for Big Time Wrestling. And on January 14th, I'll be coming back to Rage. On well, January? Okay, that, that's good. I didn't know that. You just let the cat out of the bag there. Joe us that told me that, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to that. Now, I'll, I'll definitely tell my daughter about that. Well, look. We appreciate you uh, calling in and let us talk to you tonight. As always, it's a pleasure. Uh, it, there you go, guys. See more snot. Thank you again for uh, calling in tonight. Oh, you're very welcome. Have a great night, guys. You too. Okay. So, see more snot. We'll be on Rage Wrestling in January. So, all you people that are see more snot fans, get ready. Uh, we're looking forward to it. I know one one little lady in my house that will be looking forward to it a lot right now. So, uh, what we're going to talk about next? You know, Lance Lance had a, a prior engagement that he had to take care of. So, what we're going to do now? We're going to talk about a little bit more of the rumor mill. Uh, one of the things we want to talk about WWE, and we've talked about Ring of Honor, and we talk about a lot of the independents that uh, are really catching fire right now. And WWE has taken notice, whether they're listening to us or not, I don't know, but uh, they have sent out questionnaires to fans on which independent wrestling organizations they watch the most, uh, whether it's Ring of Honor, Shimmer, Evolve, what have you. Uh, so now that's kind of make you think maybe WWE seeing seeing what we see with Ring of Honor. Uh, they're not really – paying attention to the trouble, the turmoil that has become in TNA. Uh, so evidently, Ring of Honor has, has caught, uh, they're taking notice of Ring of Honor, and, and I don't know what they have planned, but there's, there's, a, there's a lot of, to be said about that when WWE really starts looking at independence. Whether they're looking to raid, and I hope this is not true because I would love to see Ring of Honor Make a make a big time scene in, in a prime time wrestling shit slot. I think it would be a good thing for wrestling, but I hope they're not raiding the talent roster of Ring of Honor or any of these independents that might be up and coming. 
another thing we'll talk about, TNA, just like we said, another lawsuit has been filed against TNA. Uh, Dixie Carter, and we talked about this in the past, on, on past shows, not what you want as a wrestling mind, uh, and, and it's just been a total mess. Uh, the whole lawsuit with Corrigan is still going on, and unsealed records of that lawsuit with Corrigan now are showing that TNA cannot make a sale without Corrigan's consent. So, And that goes for the video library. That goes for anything that TNA has. So that honestly, I think that's a good thing because I think TNA would have really sold to WWE by now. That, that kind of answers our question on why they haven't sold. But Corgan is, hopefully Corgan can get a hold of this company. And if I'm Corgan, I'm changing the name. I'm changing everything about the TNA, except the talent. I mean, you got you've got some good talent. I think with a good wrestling mind, that that uh, TNA could really, really be a good thing. Uh, let's see, James Ellworth. What in the world is WWE doing now? Uh, James Ellworth beats AJ Styles two weeks in a row on SmackDown. Is this the next? I wouldn't go so far as to say it's the next David Arquette with WCW, but um, apparently the WWE fans are thinking Ellsworth is is worth the while because currently his T-shirts are, is one of the top sellers and outselling some of the top guys in WWE. And what have you now, WWE is, is talking about signing him. There may be some interest and signing Ellsworth, is this the next Bill and Randy Mulkey or the next Gilberg or who Who can it be? I, I don't know uh, as far as that goes, but uh, Ellsworth, we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that, see what he does. Is this going to be the third week in a row he gets a win? We'll we'll have to wait and see. Uh, let's see. We talked about Lesnar and Goldberg. Let's talk about some upcoming stuff this weekend. Our good friend, the Pain Train, Preston Quinn, will be making his TV taping debut with Ring of Honor this weekend. So we we wish him well this weekend. Know he's going to do good, and looking forward to seeing him on num- on November twelfth. One of the things that me and Lance have talked about in the past is how much we love tag team wrestling. Uh, and Vince, if you're listening. That tag team wrestling would really, really up your ratings. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Uh, some of the, we're going to talk about while we've got some time to kill tonight. I'm going to talk about some of the tag teams, some of what I consider the greatest tag teams of all time. First of all, let's go back old. And a lot of people, if you're, excuse me, like I said before, the first episode, I'm going to show my age tonight. Uh, first, Tag Team, Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson, three-time NWA World Tag Team Champions, probably some of the best sellers you ever ever see. Great feuds with the Midnight Express, with the Horsemen, you know, Arn and Tully, just one of the best tag teams of all time, and still going today, believe it or not, actually, had a, had a match last Saturday night with Preston Quinn, the old Empire, 
lost to the Rock and Roll Express for the Mid-Atlantic Tag Team Championship. So, can't talk about tag teams without talking about the other big feud they, that the Rock and Roll Express had, the Midnight Express. Beautiful Bobby, Dennis Condry, Stan Lane, managed by Jim Cornette. And you know which which version of the Midnight Express you liked? Who knows? Uh, I liked Lane and Eaton personally because I thought they were more technically sound, and and they had better matches. And just like we talked before, talked before with Preston, they had the flashier moves. They had the the, the flashier moves, and and Eaton Condry had the the rocket launcher. But Lane and Eaton just had had several. You didn't know what they were going to use at their finish. Uh, another one, the Road Warriors, Hawking Animal. One of the, one of the first tag teams to hold, probably going to be the only going to be the only tag team to ever hold the AWA, the NWA, and the WWF tag team champions. I mean, these guys were incredible. They come along, big guys, intimidate guys. I mean, if you ever sit there and watch one of their matches and you hear Iron Man, the first beat of Iron Man, and you knew they were coming and they were going to finish off guys really quick. You know, on those TBS matches on Saturday nights, there's been a lot of times you watch Bill and Randy Mulkey get destroyed in a matter of seconds by the Road Warriors. Talk about the Steiners, Rick and Scott. Uh, one of the great brother teams of all time, one of the greatest WCW tag teams of all time. You know, I, I really didn't think they should be split up. I, I think they were better as tag team wrestlers and singles, and, you know, a lot of people may say Scott was a better singles wrestler, but I think that he got more notoriety for being, uh, you know, the innovator of tag team wrestling. You know, he had the tilt world, he had the Frankensteiner, the Steiner line. Uh, it just, you know, what a great tag team they were. On and Tully, the Horsemen, the Brain Busters, whatever version you want, they were a great tag team, just worked well together. On was one of the best tag team wrestlers of all time. What can you say there? Um, the British Bulldogs, a lot of people were, like I said, I'm really going back. WWF tag team champions had the big few with the hearts came from uh, Canadian wrestling Dynamite Kid and Davy Boyd. I mean, they really set the standard for tag teams in WWF at the time. You know, that you really hadn't seen a tag team like them before, big and really agile as they were. The Hart Foundation, Bret Hart, Jim the Anvil, Neidhart the team that ended the British Bulldogs title reign, multiple-time WWF tag team champions. Uh, that's one of those you can make a case for. Brett, Brett won the Intercontinental title, tag team title, and the world title. But was he a better singles wrestler? I would have to say better singles and tag team wrestling, but, um, you know, the Hart Foundation definitely gave him his start and gave him, you know, they were one of the best of all time. Hardy Boys, Matt and Jeff, still going today. Broken Matt Hardy and Brother Nero. Time WWF Tag Team Champions went up against Edge and Christian several times. The Dudleys. Uh, ladder matches, what, what have you. Now and still going as TNA World Tag Team Champions right now. Then you go with Edge and, Edge and Christian. 
you know, that's probably, I would say, the greatest WWF tag team champions of all time. They they really set the standard, um, had the great matches with the Hardys and the Dudleys and the latter matches. Uh, just one of, one of the best tag teams and one of the most entertaining tag teams you ever see. Then you got the Dudleys. We talked about them. They'll be ECW. They were ECW tag champions. They were WWF tag team champions, TNA tag team champions. I think they'll be the only, the only tag team to have all that go on. Uh, I understand that Devon is now working backstage with WWE as an agent, one of the greatest tag teams of all time. The New Age Outlaws, members of DX, good tag team. You know, really. Uh, Really caught it when they they worked together. They were they worked in separate tag teams. You know, everybody remembers Billy Gunn with the smoking guns. You know, but they really caught fire when they they teamed up together. Let's go get a rundown here. Uh, the Hollywood Blondes. A lot of people don't remember them, but they were one of the best tag teams in WCW. Steve Austin before the Stone Cold. And then Brian Pillman, the late Brian Pillman. WCW actually had a good thing going with them in the mid-90s and, and broke them up after a couple of tag team reigns and when they were at the height of popularity. Had big-time matches with Arn Anderson, Paul Roma. They had a big few going with Ricky Steamboat to Shane Douglas. You know, and, and, and WCW, back then it seemed like, I don't know if it was a personal thing against them, but... As soon as they hit the height of popularity, they let them go. Talk about an underrated tag team, Beer Money. Uh, Bobby Roode and James Storm, TNA tag champions several times. And hopefully, maybe, James Storm leave TNA and come on over to NXT and they, they can get back together and, and really show what they can do. Well, looks like our time is about up. We will be back next week. I apologize for the last part of this show, you know, being such a bundle up, but uh, we'll be back next week, and both of us will be here. If uh, if you have any any questions for us that you'd like to hear on the air, please go to our Facebook page and and. But that'll be it for us tonight, and I'll see you next time. Good night.